Alternative Radio. Pre-roll time. The Choose to Comics podcast is proudly brought to you by Inked Marketing Solutions and the Inked Marketing Solutions crowd-funded comic for this here episode. Well, it's coming from Indiegogo, and it's coming from Monty Michael Moore. If you missed the, the Loco Hero Kickstarter... Yep. Well, he's back. He's back on Indiegogo. He's giving people another opportunity because he knows people want it. And it's back and it's back in perfect bound this time. So if you want another prestige format of this book, you know, maybe the first time, maybe you're the, the first time you went and you thought, eh, you know, I don't know. Monty's never written a book f- before. He draws good, but can he write? And then you were just kind of, eh. and then, then you got it and you were like, holy shit, holy shit. Like I was, I mean, I wasn't, skeptical about being a writer but when i got the book i was like holy shit so yes uh having a prestige format of this book oh totally and they're offering eight new covers come on people monty offering eight new covers it's they're gonna be mind-blowing so go over to indiegogo for this one and uh search loco hero and just get on this people get on this uh monty does not displease he does not. As a matter of fact, I just got a Monty Michael Moore Kickstarter in the mail the other day. Mm-hmm. Or it might have been an Indiegogo. I don't remember. Uh, regardless, it was uh, it was the art book, and it's a glorious thing, people. So, yes, Loco Hero, you're getting a second chance on Indiegogo. Check it out now. Brought to you by Inked Marketing Solutions. Podcast recommendations, you ask? Brian Wayne here, co-curator of The Apocalypse, And I know that sounds gnarly. That's because it is gnarly, man. The Apocalypse. What is The Apocalypse? The Apocalypse is a culmination of the gnarliest podcast, independent podcast the internet has to offer. So instead of trying to go to Twitter the next time you uh, need a new podcast to listen to and try to get Twitter famous, podcast recommendations, please. Just think The Apocalypse, man. And it's ironic because The Apocalypse is only the beginning. It's only the beginning. Just go to podchaser.com. It's it's in the top list. The top list in the whole world. So whether you're looking for true crime, sports, uh, role-playing, uh, I don't know, anything, anything. Think of a podcast. It's on the apocalypse. It's like the apocalypse with a D. Hmm. And do not forget to follow the Apocalypse on Twitter as well. Once again, that is the Apocalypse. If you're looking for a podcast recommendation, the Apocalypse is sure to have something for you. Again, and welcome back to the Cheers to Comics Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Wayne, and this is episode 231. 331, Jesus Christ. The 331st episode of the Cheers to Comics Podcast will be a creator corner. The creator that I cornered on this here episode is, well, he's back for a fifth time. You know him. You know him, people. It's Ryland Grant. He's my dude. He's my dude. Um... And Suicide Jockeys is the book that we're talking about this time, and oh, holy shit, yeah. We're not pushing any Kickstarters or anything like that. This is a book that you need to go to Diamond and you need to pre-order. It's coming out through SourcePoint Press. I'm going to let Ryland Grant tell you all about it. Another great, amazing conversation. Uh, it's, I love talking to this dude. Um, w- without any further ado, I'll give you the most interesting man on the planet, 
Ryland Grant. Recording in progress. Yes, it is. Ryland, welcome back, brother. How are you, man? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, how's it feel knowing that you've uh, surpassed the Pepos and you're now my uh, most, uh, well, my, my, my biggest comeback guest ever in the history of the show? Uh, it feels wonderful. Um, I actually, the only reason I made my new comic was so I could get back on and beat Pepos. That's, uh, this is all an elaborate plan to uh, outflank him. <laughs> I know, uh, man. I see right through it. Yeah, but I mean, that, you know, that fool's got, you know, three books in the works so i better get to uh work on some other ones <laughs> yeah yeah man he, he, he's a he's a monster himself but uh but in the meantime you hold the title until he comes back to tell you so uh congratulations on that five times dude i mean that, that really means a lot to this fucking podcast someone <laughs> like yourself to come back five times that's that's badass so thank you very much well, I have fun. I wouldn't come back if I didn't have fun. So, uh, yeah, you're uh, you're good at what you do, and you know, I, I like your uh, I like your your legions of listeners, and uh, they're good to me too. So, I'm happy to come back. Is there is there a belt or something? Like, do you mail me a belt? Uh, I'm and... I'm having one made now. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, yeah. I you might have to make another book because by the time it's it's finished. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck Pepos is going to do. So, <laughs> uh, God damn it. All right. Well, um, yeah, I mean, maybe I'll just like, maybe I'll do like a Tanya Harding on Nancy Kerrigan thing with him. Uh, I don't know. What, I don't know what that looks like. It. Yeah. I don't know what that looks <laughs> like with comic book creators, but, um, but we'll see. Uh, you, you put like a, a pencil in the printing machine or some shit like that. I think that's, that's the equivalent to the, the crowbar to the back of the knee. Interesting. Uh, maybe I'll just, you know, maybe I can, just launch some like large scale plan to get him canceled, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's super easy these days. You know, I mean, you've got yeah. Twitter, so. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll just be like, <laughs> you know, he was mean to a fashion designer once or, or something like that. You know, I mean, it seems to do the trick these days. So yeah, that's, that's all it takes, man. That's all it takes. Yeah. You nice. got this. Uh... <laughs> oh shit, man. Um, Suicide jockeys, dude, you got something new coming out. We're not talking Kickstarter books this time. We're talking, uh, um the shelves so congratulations yeah. on that it's been what since action lab you know so this is the the, the next uh well yeah yeah i mean banjax was the last uh series um and i mean it's an interesting story i mean you're catching me at a a, a a cool time now i mean because um i mean it means that to a certain degree we are on the other side of all of this you know pandemic nonsense so mm -hmm. um so uh, suicide jockeys and another book i had two books that were set to be um, announced, uh, released by big publishers last year. Um, and so, yeah, it was right around, it feels like March of last year. Um, yeah, there was a, a pretty substantial publisher that was going to announce Suicide Jockeys. Um, and I am in contact with three people over there every day and we're, we're putting this all together. Press releases are getting cut the whole nine yards. Um, and then, you know, the pandemic really kind of like shit hits the fan with the pandemic. It's pencils down everywhere. Comic shops are closing. Um, and then everybody at this publisher gets canned. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and so overnight I go from, again, being in contact with three people over there every day to not having a working email address at the, uh, at the company. Um, and so then like an entire new regime gets hired and, you know, it becomes like um, this month's long, like, 
you know, a negotiation talk of is this book going there or isn't it? And, and you know, as is often the case, like the new, the new regime doesn't often like to deal with shit the old regime was dealing with. Um, they like a clean slate and all that. And so I end up asking for the book back. And, you know, publishers tend to be, uh, you know, scheduled a year and a half in advance. And so um, and so it took this long, uh, you know, to get this thing back on track with a different publisher. And so uh, now Suicide Jockeys is at SourcePoint Press and I'm, I'm excited about it. I mean, they're, they're a great house. Um, we've, we've kind of had our eye, uh, eyes on each other um, uh, for a long time. Now, I first met the guys at SourcePoint Press over at uh, um, when I was at the Ringo Awards uh, for Aberrant. This is 2019. And so they were nominated for a bunch of awards. Aberrant was nominated for a handful of awards and we ended up winning one. But, um, but our table was right next to the source point table. I'm like, our table was fine. You know, we were having some nice conversation, good people. But I look over at the source point press table and it was a fucking riot. You know, I mean, it was just, they were mm-hmm. they're just having a blast, you know? And I'm like, I want to be at that table. Yeah. Um, and I found my way over to those guys afterwards. And, you know, we kind of struck up a, a, a you know, a, a conversation and, um, and that conversation's continued uh, uh, ever since. And, um, you know, it wasn't a matter of like, if I would do something with them, it was a matter of when, mm. um, and uh, I just, I love what they're doing. You know, I mean, I, I compare them to, it's, it's a weird comparison because of what's happened recently uh, historically, but um, they're almost like Miramax in the nineties, you know, where it's like okay. they're, they're finding like good, you know, indie voices and, and, and you're finding really kind of intellectually challenging books. And um, uh, you know, I really see them as tastemakers. And so, um, so this isn't a, it's not a one book thing with source point. Uh, you know, I've kind of made source point, my new comic home and, and, you know, so more books to come with them. It's not to say that I won't ever do anything anywhere else, but, um, it's nice to have a, you know, a, a home base and, um, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. So that's badass, man. And you're in good company for sure. Over at source point, like they produce Ringo winning books. I mean, Frank Gogol, he's, he's like their golden child over there. I mean, if everything that has Frank Gogol's name and a source point pros, press logo on it. It's just, it blows the fuck up. It sells out. And now they've got other names like you over there coming. I mean, SourcePoint is, it's it's destined for greatness now. I mean, between you and uh, SourcePoint working together, you're just going to elevate each other, man. And it's about time more people besides, um, you know, your, your, your original uh, aberrant action lab fans and your, your Kickstarter crew, you, you, I mean, you can have the most successful Kickstarter. But um, it doesn't always amount to as many uh, eyes on the book as you would want compared to, you know, a publisher distributing it for you, you know, however the hell they do it. And uh, yeah, no, this is a this is big, man. I, I'm so excited to see your name back on the shelves. And, you know, it's uh, I, I mean, I have all your Kickstarter books, obviously. So, I mean, it's I, ha- I mean, it's I have no shortage of Ryland Grant work, but. Yeah, man. It's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I think any creator worth his salt right now needs to be doing both, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, there is, I, we've talked about this before when I've been on for the Kickstarter stuff, but it's like, um, you know, there is, there is an audience that they just buy their, their books in comic shops. Uh, but there's also this audience that only buys their books on Kickstarter and there is crossover of course, but not nearly as much as you think. And so, um, you know, the, uh, the truth is that if you're, you know, if, you know, if you're a creator and you're not serving both audiences, 
then you're doing yourself, you're doing your books a disservice. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, that, that's something that, um, you know, guys like Charlie Stickney have been preaching for a couple of years now and they were really ahead of the game with it. And I think that that's, uh, you know, particularly <laughs> having just had this pandemic, um, that's really proven out. And so, um, yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a two tiered approach for me, uh, now. And, you know, the, the Kickstarter books will, um, you know, when I have a, you know, when I have a trade, when I have a, a an arc done, those will start to find their way into comic shops also. Um, and, uh, and you know, there's it, it, it's one of the really interesting things about SourcePoint is that they're doing a lot of good stuff on Kickstarter also. You know, I mean, they just had this uh, this Tony Schiavone uh, Butts and Seats book that just blew up. I mean, it was, you know, a couple of hundred thousand dollars. Um, mm. And uh, and so, you know, and and fucking, you know, Boom's doing Kickstarters now yeah. and, uh, and Dynamite. And um, I mean, it's, um, you know, comic distribution is changing uh, uh, radically and and comic shops are still wildly important. And uh, um, but even how comic shops get their book is cha- books are changing because, you know, mm-hmm. again, DC's <laughs> DC's leaving Diamond, Marvel's leaving Diamond. Uh, who knows if Diamond will be around in a couple of years, you know, um, uh, Penguin. everything's Penguin's going to be the thing now. I mean, yeah, I, I, I yeah. can't wrap my head around that. It's crazy. There, there's scout books. They're going to end up in target here in the next few weeks. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's nuts what's going on right now. It's so much to, but it's great because I mean, as much as I would, you know, I, I want to see comic shops thrive. Really what it comes down to is I want to see comic books thrive. So if if that takes comics being distributed in more places, I mean, if you can get a comic in fucking Walmart, why are you bitching about that? I mean, I I don't know. I'm I'm loving what I'm seeing here. But at the same time, I have no idea what the hell to make of any of this. You know, I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I I, I think, you know, I mean, I think as a creator, you just need to be open. You know, uh, I mean, you need to kind of ride the waves that come and um, and, you know, I'll I'll always go to bat for comic shops and I'm Mm -hmm. I'm all about comic shops and I do all I can for comic shops. And I'm really excited to have suicide jockeys uh, uh, in comic shops now. uh, but you know, there's, there's, there, uh, this is a, a massive playing field right now and you got to kind of make sure you're, you're, you know, tapping up against, uh, all the corners. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so suicide jockeys, um, is, uh, you know, it's, it, it's an exciting project. It's, um, it is, uh, tokusatsu for the American action movie audience. Um, and for the uninitiated, if you don't know what tokusatsu is, tokusatsu is the Japanese sci-fi action genre that includes things like, um, uh Voltron, Power Rangers, Ultraman, um uh Super Sentai, but it also includes uh Kaiju uh fair like Godzilla and and, mm-hmm. and the like. Um and so our book um I've been describing in a nutshell as um as Voltron meets Fast and the Furious, but with an extra <laughs> dollop of kind of heart uh and 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 soul. Um, you can also get a little pretentious and call it kind of like a, uh, a, a boogie nights, like, uh, sort of under the microscope dissection of, um, of like, a uh, you know, a non-traditional family unit. Um, mm. so basically, uh, you know, the suicide jockeys, they're this kind of poor, usually drunken, almost certainly mentally, ment- uh, mentally ill crew of monster uh, fighting tank and aircraft piloting suckers. Um, and so 10 years ago, you know, 10 years ago, they were like the baddest crew in the bunch. Right. 
um and uh and and you know they they were kind of the only thing standing between the earth and whatever was you know trying to end us um everybody wanted to be them uh huge heroes and then this mission goes like catastrophically wrong and they lose like the mother figure in the family they lose a key part of the team um and it throws everything in the question they're fighting amongst each other. And basically they, the, the team fracture splits. And so when we meet them 10 years later in issue one, uh, they haven't talked to each other for years, you know, uh, everybody's estranged, blah, 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 blah. But then this opportunity presents itself to kind of right that wrong from 10 years ago. Um, uh, the mother figure, she may still be out there. Um, we have to kind of, uh, you know, pick ourselves up off the literal and proverbial ground slap this estranged team back together and try to fucking bring mom home, you know? Um, and, uh, and so it is a, um, and without going too much into it, it's like a time travel romp. Um, uh, it is a, um, it is a, you know, kind of a intellectual and spiritual sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, um, uh, conversation that's happening. Um, I, I co-created this with, um, I, I, I've talked about this on, I, on your show before, but I am a, um, I am a, uh, it sounds weird to just drop it and then leave it. We can talk more about it in a second, <laughs> but I, I am an ordained Soto Zen Buddhist monk. Yes. Um, and so I co kind of conceived this thing, created this thing with a, with another ordained Soto Zen monk, this, uh, this guy named Brad Warner, who, um, is, uh, he is a, a very noteworthy author in his own right. He is, um, he's kind of, you know, I don't know, one of the most prominent uh, uh, Zen authors, um, American Zen authors in the world right now. Okay. Um, he's, he's written about a dozen books, sold literally hundreds of thousands of books, but he, he wrote this book called Hardcore Zen, which if you were interested at all in meditation and in, in Zen practice and American Zen, I highly recommend it, Hardcore Zen. Um, uh, but anybody who is anybody in like American Buddhism, Zen practice, they, they know and love hardcore Zen. Um, and so, uh, so, so yeah, because of, because of my Zen practice, because it goes back to Japan, I have all these weird kind of Japanese connections. And so, um, so I know Brad from the Zen world. Um, and, uh, you know, Brad was this punk rocker who moved to Japan and spent about a dozen years there studying Zen, but he moved there actually to make monster movies. Um, oh. so Brad worked for a dozen years in Japan for a company called Zubaraya Productions, which was founded by the guy who created Godzilla. Um, and they make dozens of tokusatsu TV shows, but they are best known for doing all the Ultraman stuff. Um, gotcha. and, and so Brad spent, you know, a dozen years, uh, as a producer, as an executive, uh, on Ultraman. And so, um, and so, you know, I call this Voltron meets Fast and the Furious, and I call it Tokusatsu for the American action movie audience. And so, the American action movie stuff I have down. I mean, one of my claims to fame—we've talked about this before—is mm -hmm. I have I have written for the directors of six of the nine Fast and the Furious movies now. Um, uh, you know, so 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 I I have that down. Uh, Brad uh, is the Voltron Tokusatsu uh, 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 half of this equation. Um, uh, he's, you know, he has not just worked making tokusatsu films for, you know, for, for that long. Um, he is also kind of like a, a historian of the, of the genre, like a savant in this world, you know, I mean, he, he knows, 
you know, he knows this stuff backwards and forwards. And so while, while I'm making sure that this appeals to an American action movie audience, Brad is making sure that tokusatsu fans have an authentic experience at the same time. And so uh, it, is a, it is a really powerful, interesting combination. And then the other thing that's happening is, you know, I mean, there's a way to look at it where we're, we're teaching Zen with this thing. Um, uh, and, and I'm careful with that language because I, I don't want it to sound like we're fucking, you know, uh, you know, proselytizing or anything like that. that that's mm-hmm. not what it's about. You know, it's, that's not what, what Zen is about, what Soto Zen is about, anything like that. But here's the thing is with Zen, you kind of, you know, Zen is basically just, it's just about meditation. But really what you're doing is you're wrestling with kind of life's big existential questions, right? And so we are doing that in this book. We are wrestling with life's big hairy questions you know who are we why are we why are we here um uh you know questions of time and space and what they really are and how they interact um you know uh questions that like physics wrestles with and all of these things um Mm. but we are wrestling with all these big questions in a like really fun really heightened really fucking bonkers way you know so um so if you like a little bit of uh you know intellectual footing uh with your Mm. uh you know, with your bonkers uh, action comics, then here it is. <laughs> uh, uh, see, that, uh, I, I had the chance to, to read this right beforehand. And the, I mean, uh, the way you describe it is, is it's I mean, it's on the head for sure. Um, I, I it's <laughs> um, I, I, there, there's so much to this, man. There really is. I, I got to start by saying that, I mean, just right off the bat, our main character, Denver, like immediately before the story even starts, I, it's, uh, maybe it's because I'm a Colorado fucker, but just as soon as I see this guy and I see, I mean, the, 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 the intro is the baddest jockey in the business is nice filled with fast action, big monsters and beautiful women. I mean, it's, it's uh, going in. I knew exactly. I mean, well, I didn't know what the fuck I was getting in for, but I knew I was going to be excited throughout this whole thing. So, I mean, you talk about, you know, it being extremely intellectual and, you know, the, all, all these mo- emotional levels. But I, I want to make sure that the listeners know that while you're getting all of this, you're getting punched in the fucking face the whole time. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, well, it, I mean, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, yeah, this is like this is like a, one of the, you know, I mean, the the primary influence here is like all of those badass 80s, 90s action movies that we know and love. You know what I'm saying? This is, you know, the, the you were just reading, you were just reading the text off of a cover, uh, our, our, issue one, <laughs> our issue one variant cover. And that issue one variant cover is an homage to uh, the, the, the original Roadhouse poster. And, mm. you know, basically, basically we just took, we took the original Roadhouse poster, we put Denver in instead of Patrick Swayze and we changed, you know, the, the language up a little bit. And so, so yeah, I mean, this is like the primary influence here is, you know, is, is fucking, is, is Die Hard, is Roadhouse, is, uh, you know, um, it, you know, it, those, is Lethal Weapon, is uh, 48 Hours, Beverly Hills Cop, you know, um, uh, you can even push into the 90s with like those early Bayverse films like The Rock and, mm-hmm. and Armageddon and, and, and it's kind of like karmic cousins like Face Off um and con air you know what i'm saying it's mm. like this is this is a big swaggery swinging dick fucking action action movie you know um so so lap it up you know i mean that that's that's what i write you know you, you guys kind of know my stuff and aberrant was a little more poppy um and uh and and banjax got a little darker and a little more intellectual um but they were they were still you know 
they were still fucking strap you to the 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 front of a rocket and 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 launch you into space you know so we're we're doing that again here and and even more so so i love it man i love it and then there's there's so many other things like in the background as as you always tend to do i mean it's not any different than i mean you always make sure that we can go through and read it five times and always find something new in the background to enjoy but um you, you do a lot of name dropping in here I mean, you, we we see Lou Ferrigno over over here in a couple of panels and stuff. I mean, uh, I just I I don't know how this stuff works. I mean, do you have to get permission to draw a Power Ranger in the background or have Lou Ferrigno uh, in there? I mean, how how does all of this work? Well, well, I should say for legal reasons that Lou Ferrigno and the Power Rangers don't actually appear in the book. Uh, um, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, 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 well, well, the first thing uh, the first thing I'll say is that um, I mean, they're they're these are all homages. Mm-hmm. um and 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 to a degree there it's all parody you know what i'm saying yes um you know uh um so um so i mean the you know the world of suicide jockeys you know it, it is almost like a universe of it, it's almost like if every tokusatsu uh joint you've ever you've ever uh you know watched it, it's like they all exist in in one world right mm-hmm. um and, uh, and, and, and so this is the world. So it's like, so if the Voltron team did exist, they exist in the same world that these Power Rangers world, uh, that the Power Rangers exist in, right? And they're, they're all kind of operating and they're beating back monsters at the same time and blah, 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 blah. But I try to ground it like, okay, well, if there was a Voltron team and there was a Power Rangers team and they existed in our world, what would it look like? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, and so and so that was what you know I I I've dealt with this in almost all of my comics. Aberrant was like, okay, well, if if um if people with superpowers existed, how would you know in our world? How would our military and our geopolitics necessarily change? That was Aberrant in a nutshell. Uh-huh. Um, uh, you know, and 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 Banjax was, you know, um. I mean, let's put a superhero in Michael Mann's Los Angeles, you know, uh, and keep it grounded. And again, like what happens then, you know, and it's gritty and it's dark and it deals with the psychology of all of it. You know, this is, this is again, like um, if, if, if Kaiju monsters, um, yeah, I, I mean, what happens in this world and it gets legislated later, but basically in 1997, a monster comes up out of the water and attacks London. Um, and then, and then, every so often there's a random monster attack and nobody knows why. Um, and what gets legislated over the course of the series is the why, why did this happen? Um, how did this happen? Um, and, uh, and, and so, so this is happening in our world and it's a little bit more zany than that, but, um, but yeah, so, so, so take a power Rangers type team, take a Voltron type team, put them in our world, beating back monsters and deal with all the fallout, deal with the grounding nature of it. And so, so yeah, we don't have a power Rangers team. I think they're called force five. Um, and and it's a Power Rangers-esque team that is like a little hokey and a little ridiculous. Um, but, but what this, what this deals with in in the context of all of this is like, cause, cause you meet these guys in the beginning and issue one at a convention. Right. And so, so again, it's stuff that I've, stuff that I've kind of dealt with in, uh, in, in other books, but it's like, well, if there were superheroes, if there was a, if there was a Power Rangers type team, a Voltron type team, like these guys would be like mega celebrities, you know, like look at the, mm-hmm. look at the fucking Kardashians. Like they, yeah. they, they've, they've accomplished nothing. They, they do nothing. They mean nothing, but they are the biggest stars in the fucking world. Yep. And, and so if you could climb into like, 
you know, tanks and, and aircraft that kind of join together into another big badass fucking tank and aircraft type thing. Uh, and beat back fucking monsters and save New York City. Like you're gonna you, have some fucking you, super fans. You would be a mega celebrity. Um, and 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 so you kind of see that play out. Like ten years ago, these guys, you know, at at San Diego Comic Con, these guys were on the main stage and everybody wanted to meet them. And 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 they were they were the biggest thing since sliced bread. Well, ten years later, when everyone's in the dumps, you meet Denver. And, mm-hmm. and, and he is like, he is in the bowels of this thing. Like he's doing the convention circuit, but he is, he's stuck in autograph alley at one of those shitty booths between fucking Lou Ferrigno and, and Eric Estrada, you know, and, and, and every once in a while, some, like some loser who remembers him wanders in and, 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 you know, demands an autograph and, and he spends his days trying to fucking upsell these guys, like get them to buy an extra t-shirt or a fucking bobblehead. You know what I'm saying? His life is sad. (laughs) And, and, um, and part of this comes from, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I have recently started doing the con circuit and I've seen every fucking, I've seen it from every angle. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and I, you know, I'm sitting at a table trying to sell somebody a book, uh, you know, um and and so this is about dealing with that part of my life in a really kind of fun you know way and making fun of it making fun of myself all of that stuff and so 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 that's what's happening here and it, and i take it and i run with it i mean this this there's some bonkers shit in this book issue two which you haven't read yet and uh which will you know hit comic shops in september um uh, we spend about a third of that issue watching one of the characters really shitty Karda- hokey Kardashian like reality uh, show. So that, that's like a, that's like a third of the series. You, you, you know, we've talked about this before where it's like, I, I mean, when, when I decided I was going to do comics coming from movies where like you have to do things a certain way or else mm-hmm. um, I decided I was never going to do a straightforward story in a comic book. I was going to play with time and, and, and space and experimental elements and unreliable narrators and point of view and, and, and all of these things. And so, and so we, we, you know, I mean, we, we have a, we have a big sci-fi thing here. Um, we are dealing with time travel. Uh, we are dealing with existential questions. And so we just let loose, man. I mean, it's uh, again, it, it, you know, issue two, your you, you, issue two, you spend a third of it watching this, this reality series that is fucking awesome. Uh, uh, like it's terrible in the best way. I mean, um, and then issue three, there is this kind of out of time, out of space, like uh, Denver's having this ongoing conversation with a uh, 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 with a a historical Zen master from 500 years ago, um, and you know you don't you don't know how this is happening or why this is happening or if it's even happening. It's basically Denver working out his his problems, him wrestling with kind of what he has to do in order to complete this mission. Uh, but that is manifesting itself as this conversation with this guy, A.H. Dogen, who, again, is kind of the founder of, of Soto Zen, who existed about 500 years ago. And of course, it's a time travel story. So there is a way in which this could physically be happening. But is it or isn't it? You, you don't know. And it ultimately doesn't matter. It's uh, becomes this kind of framing element. And so, you know, it's it, it's it, it's it's more of my bonkers fare. You know, if you love Banjax, like issue two of Banjax takes place from the point of view of a man who hasn't slept in seven days and it's literally starting to drive him mad and he's hallucinating and you don't know if you know you don't know like how much of what you're seeing is true uh how much of it is colored by his like insanity all of that stuff and you're and you're given no answers you're left in the end to kind of figure out for yourself well what's real and what isn't (laughs) you know um 
Um, and so this is, this is more of that and we're turning it up a notch and, uh, and, and people have loved it in the past and they're going to love it even more this time. So. I dig it, man. I dig it. Um, there, there was one thing in here, or I mean, more, definitely more than one thing, but one thing in particular that, uh, I, 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 I did some math here and you said beforehand, you know, that this book was ready to go a couple of years ago, you know, the copyright on here is 2018, but there's a certain panel in here. It seems like it happened about yesterday in our world. Um, uh, you have a uh, you have the insurrection kind of uh, yeah. in here at some point in time. Uh, I, I, tell me, I, I mean, it, it, I, I love that it's in here. It fucking suits well. But I mean, the, the book's done. How hard was it for you to go up to uh, to your artist? Fuck, why am I drawing a blank on his goddamn name? Uh, oh. Davi, Davi Leon Diaz, da, who, was, yeah. um, who, 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 who I should have said, we, we had the same creative team here that was on Aberrant, which, yeah. you know, of course, won a Ringo Award, was nominated for two others. And uh, these guys did Peacekeepers also, which was a big Kickstarter hit and all that. So, mm -hmm. uh, so, so great art team. But, but yeah, go ahead. But uh, yeah, yeah. So you, you have to go up to Davi and say, uh, um, hey, man, I, I need you to draw these fucking fools in this book. I mean, I mean, what was the what was the motivation behind that, I guess? I mean, what what, what made you make this well, happen? Yeah, well, I mean, it's really from a story standpoint. I mean, it's um, uh, it starts from a story standpoint. And so um, so so one of the buy ins here, one of like the real kind of cool intellectual mind fucks is is that um you know, again, it's a time travel story. And mm -hmm. so the, the, the issue one hinges on, uh, you know, somebody showing up, somebody walking into Denver's life, this scientist type and saying basically that, look, um, someone has gone back in time and started to change the timeline. Like, like things are not supposed to be the way they are. Um, uh, you know, and, and, and most of what he's talking about is that again, in 1997, a kaiju monster, you know, walked out of the water and fucking attacked London. Mm -hmm. And that's been happening ever since. And so the, the biggest thrust of that argument is, well, kaiju monsters shouldn't be here. You know, there should not be monsters attacking cities. And, and, and it's happening because somebody went back to 1997 and, and started changing the timeline uh, uh, in a way. But, but also what's get, what, what gets legislated and what is an interesting thing is, is that, you know, is that he's like, I mean, basically his proof is like, look at the timeline, you know, otherwise the world of suicide jockeys is our world. Right. And so he's like, he's like, look at, look at all of the crazy shit that's happening. Right. Um, and when I first wrote the book, you know, a few years back, um, uh, you, you know, and, and if it, it would have been released there, you know, like an entire comic series is going to take you a couple of years to get into a shop. And so if you're dealing with like timely stuff, you necessarily have to change it at the end. But back then it was like, look, the Patriots Super Bowl comeback, the, wow. uh, the, the, okay. the, the, the Oscar flub, um, uh, uh, you know, all, all, all you know, uh, craziness like that, you know, where it's like, look, you know, I mean, the, the, there's this argument that scientists have made being like so much crazy shit is happening that the only explanation of it is that we're living in the matrix, that we're living in a computer simulation that's the only reasonable ex explanation for this. And, and, and this, post this postulates, this kind of takes that idea and runs with it. It postulates that, well, you know, <laughs> look at everything that's happened, that stuff, but now like, you know, now, uh, uh, you know, our crazy election, this crazy pandemic, um, uh, uh, you know, the, the country divided, like it's never been before, basically like a coup at the Capitol 
um, uh, all of this stuff. And it's like the only reasonable explanation for this. The only way that all of this stuff could have possibly happened is if somebody went back in time <laughs> and started changing things for the worse, you know? Um, I love it. It's, it, it, yeah. And so it's like, you know, and I, I want to be careful about that because I'm not, I'm not taking a political side here. I have my politics, but I, 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 you know, I, I, I'm not the loud asshole who feels the need to like tee off on politics on Twitter. Um, you know, my politics are, are, are mostly this, like, you know, I, I am a gray area guy. I think that, uh, you know, I think that politics are an ugly contradictory quagmire. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, 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 and that's what I try to show in my comic books is just that like, it is an ugly, disgusting fucking game. Any way you slice it. Uh, and, and, um, and, and so like, that is truth to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm not in here trying to sell any one point of view because everybody's right in a way and everybody's wrong in a way. Right. Um, uh, and it's more complicated than that. Uh, uh, you know, don't uh, aggregators don't aggregate that, but, um, but, but you know what I'm saying is like, it, it, it is like, you know, I, I think the truth is always some, it's not black or white. It's always some ugly shade of gray. And so I always try to get that in here. Um, but, but again, I mean, what we take a stab at here and what I think is like part of the real intellectual fun in the book is like, well, you know, well, the reason that's like this is <laughs> there's only one explanation. It's that some like some evil mustache twirling villain has gone back in time and tried to fuck everything up. <laughs> and now, now, now we got to stop him and things will be fine. You know, I love it, I love it man. Uh, I see. I, I like that. Because I, I, my, my next question was, you know, like, what did you replace it with? But it, it, no one, like you said, it's timely. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I, I, well, it, 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 yeah, I mean, it, 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 that's the thing is like, if I had written this book 10 years ago, um, you know, I don't think, you know, the world would not have moved so much, but mm -hmm. basically in the, there was only a year between, you know, it, this thing was, this thing was going to be released a year ago, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And, 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 but that means that I had been working on it for, you know, a year or so before then, you know, maybe a little longer, but, um, so, I mean, just look at what we've gone through just in, just in this last year. I mean, it is 20 years of fucking craziness, right? And so the world had moved so much just, just between March of last year and now that like, you know, I got at the source point and they're like, well, this stuff is great. It would have been great June of last year when the book was supposed to come out. Um, but now the world has changed so much that we have to update this stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and, and, and so, um, so yeah, so, so, you know, we just had to, we just had to replace it with the, with the craziness of now, you know, and, and when it, when I'm on, uh, you know, when I'm on the show a year from now, um, you know, stomping a mud hole in, in Pepos's uh, uh, then record. Um, we can we can talk about how much the world has changed between. Uh, you can take a look back at this and be like, oh wow, yeah, this seems really out of out of date again. But uh, but I, I mean, what what I like about it is that it's a time capsule of now, uh, in a in a weird way, you know, and 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 it's really my way of dealing with. There's so much insanity happening right now. You know, and, 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 and I think what you're onto, what you've sensed already is that this whole thing is kind of like an allegory for that, mm -hmm. you know, like, um, uh, you know, the, 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 the really good Godzilla movies were, were always that it was, it, it wasn't, if you get down to it, like philosophically, it was, it was not actually a monster coming out of the water to like destroy Tokyo. It was like, capitalism or it was it was uh chinese aggression or it was you know what i'm saying it was it was it was all a metaphor for something else 
And so, you know, and so the monsters in our, you know, in our kind of grand crazy tale, that's what it is. It's all of this ugliness that we're seeing right now and that we're kind of dealing with as a society. And so, and so I lump it in with all of that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, um, uh, you know, the pandemic, the, uh, you know, our political strife, um, you know, <laughs> insurrection uh, and kaiju monsters that, you know, that, that's what these guys have to deal with. And, uh, and it's all lumped into the same fucking ugly basket um, and treated the same. So I think yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. And you would think going through these six panels would be spaced out like, oh, this is the shit that's happened in the last decade. No, no, this was like a couple days ago. Um, <laughs> all within like the same fucking week. Uh, that, that's what makes it even crazier too. I mean, I, I don't know, man. This is, uh, I I cannot wait to see where this goes from here. Because just like with all of your books, like you get this huge, strong setup, and I I have I still don't know where the fuck you're gonna go. But then by the time it all ends, it's it's mind blowing, and I had no idea how I got there. And I'm or I mean I uh, I didn't say that right. I, I I never expected to get there. Let's put it that way. And yeah, man, it's uh, I have I have the utmost confidence. I'm. This is just another one of those that you're gonna do. Like you're not losing your shit at all, man. This is <laughs> this is brilliant. I fucking love it. It, it, it once again, it, it seems like it it, it should have been done, but you, you 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 take these ideas and I don't know, man. It, it's 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 too perfect. I think that's what it is. It's too fucking perfect, and you you have it polished beautifully. In, in this opening issue i'm excited i'm totally excited. Uh, yeah uh, too perfect i might have to uh it's too perfect i might have to use that as a pull quote so uh so i'm just warning you um for it. <laughs> that's, that's pretty <laughs> solid but but yeah i mean it's um you know i mean for us it's i mean i i like doing something big grand and and, and kind of crazy and obviously kaiju allows you to to you know tokusatsu allows you to to do that it's um you know it's a little more kind of outrageous than you know, than like a normal, the normal books I do would, would, would allow, I guess, mm-hmm. um, uh, a little more bonkers, but, um, you know, really it's about, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big tokusatsu kaiju fan. Uh, Brad is an out of this world tokusatsu kaiju fan. I mean, it's, it's half his life basically. And, um, and we love the stuff that, you know, that's out there, the years of, of Ultraman and Super Sentai and, you know, you know, even all the kind of, you know, crazy uh, esoteric, uh, you know, uh, lesser known stuff. Um, but it's like, but, you know, it's a little bit hokey. Um, and, and that's part of its charm, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it like it has its it has its kind of niche following in the States. You know, I mean, it has its cult following like oh, like sure. anything else. Um, but it doesn't get it's like large scale do, you know, um, uh, and we were, we're trying to do it justice, you know, um, there should be, I mean, you have billion dollar Marvel movies and billion dollar fast and the furious movies and, and, uh, billion dollar alien invasion movies. You haven't had the billion dollar tokusatsu, uh, uh, movie just yet. And, no. and it's a shame because it's a fucking amazing canvas, you know, it's, a uh, um, and, uh, and, and part of that is because the Ultraman property itself was, was tied up uh, in some ugly kind of court battles for a really long time. And so you couldn't have the big Ultraman movie. Um, and that's kind of unraveled itself a little bit recently. And so, you're, you know, you, you have a Marvel comic now and hopefully yeah. that means bigger and better things for this. But it's like, but, you know, I mean, we, we, we wanted to bring it to a larger audience. And more than that, we wanted to make it fucking cool and, and, mm-hmm. and awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like, do, do one of these things with like, 
you know, the tone of Winter Soldier, you know, or fucking Ant-Man or, or, or yeah. something like that. Just, uh, just make it cool. Just make it, you know, just make it fast and make it, uh, um, you know, get, give it some swagger, you know, uh, fill it uh, full of fucking, you know, swinging dicks. And, 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 and you know, we, we've talked for a while now and I make this sound like uber testosterone in male and it is to like mm-hmm. a degree. However, like, I think one of the really cool parts of this and, and, you know, it's not, we don't wrestle with it fully in the opening issue because the opening issue is really a, about setting up a plot and a world. And, but I think you can see, I mean, this is like a, this is a really interesting, diverse cast um, uh, uh, um, book. You know, I mean, this is, this is a big team. Well, and, 100%, uh, man. I mean, uh, like the diversity is the first thing I noticed about this immediately. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're sure you got Denver, you're, 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 you're white dude, but I mean, then you have Naomi and then you have uh, what, what's her name? Uh, Yuka, Yuki, Shit. Uh, 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 Yoon, yeah. Yoon, sorry. Yeah. Yoon. Yeah. And then, um, oh shit. I want to say his name properly just because, um, what does he say? Oh shit. Where is it at? I got to scroll right back up to the top. Um, Bush, Rory uh, goddamn Danforth. <laughs> yep, Rory goddamn Danforth. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's a complete cast of minorities for the most part. And, you know, I, I would say that Naomi is, I feel like she's probably the most important character in the whole book from what I'm gathering. So yeah, the, 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 the mother figure. And, and yeah. I mean, she, and she's the strongest character in the book. I mean, she's the, um, you know, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't want to give away, uh, but, but the big hero moment of, of issue one, you know, it's, it's hers, you know, she's the one who kind of sacks up and, 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 and ends the threat, you know, uh, uh, despite, you know, kind of massive, uh, cost. Right. right. Um, and, um, and, you know, I mean, we weren't, we were just trying to make this look like the world looks, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. um, more than anything. I mean, I live in Los Angeles and it's, it's a melting pot and, 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 uh, and, you know, we wanted to make this look like the world and, um, and it gets into, I mean, we're obviously in a heightened way dealing with like the craziness, the ills of, of today. Right. Um, and so this four issues of this book, it becomes a conversation, you know, um, and, and you can't have, you can't have a reasonable conversation without looking at it from all sides, you know, like, uh, um, whether it's, you know, political sides, but, 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 but gender and sexuality and race and ethnicity and, uh, and, um, and not just in, and, 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 you know, the fact that you live in another country now and, and, and your, your loyalties are divided between that country and, 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 and the United States and all of these things. And, um, and so all of that stuff, uh, they, they deal with all of this big, crazy, you know, kaiju action shit, uh, um, uh, through those lenses, you know, um, I mean, the world could end, uh, our, 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 our timeline is being skewed and, and what should be is being erased and overwritten. And, um, and that means something very different to everyone, uh, because of what's going on in his or, or her life. Um, and, and so, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it's something that I, I do in my books a lot. Like uh, issue one is a big action-y punch in the face. And it's a big like, you know, plot, uh, you know, it's a, there's a plot engine and, and you get a good sense of the characters, but, but issue two really slows down and we get to, we get into like, you know, it, it is a character study of the family. 
and, and those dynamics and what everybody is kind of bringing into the table here socially and culturally and all that stuff. And, and uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, we kick you in the face a couple of times in that issue too. And, and, and then we continue to, you know, kick you in the nuts uh, uh, in, in the throat and, and the, the solar plexus and anywhere else that hurts uh, throughout the rest of the, <laughs> the run. But, um, but yeah. Hell yeah, man. Um, how long is this run planned to, uh, to go for? Well, we, um, uh, I like to do these kind of, um, you know, these very kind of manageable, uh, 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 arcs. So, um, the, the first arc is a four issue arc. Um, it is, a you know, it's a nice little meal for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we give you, we give you one solid trade and, you know, the idea is it's a nice contained story, but as you're kind of wrapping up the drama of this first arc, you're setting up, all, you know, the drama of what could be the next arc and the arc after that. I mean, the idea is to like do a contained story, but make it obvious that this world and these characters can support a hundred stories. Right. right. Um, and so, um, you know, and it, 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 uh, I mean, it's, it's the way, it's the way a lot of people are going now, um, you know, dropping little seasons and stuff like that. I mean, it's, uh, I think my favorite version of it is Canto, you know, um, oh, man, uh, yeah. yeah, my, my dude, David Boer, um, and, you know, and Drew Zucker, they're, they do a great job with it where it's like, let's, let's give you a four issue story. And then, uh, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll leave you wanting more and, and, you know, right when, right when you're starting to get the itch again, we're going to drop another, uh, four issue story on you. Yep. Um, and they've Look done at them now. Yeah. They've done three, three pretty amazing <laughs> ones. And so, um, you know, it was, it, it, it was, it was what we did with Banjax and that worked really well. Um, you know, the, the, the Ringo folks seem to like it enough. And so, uh, we're going to do that for you again here. Oh yeah, man. I, I'm excited. I'm so excited, Ryland. I, I, I know what you're capable of doing. I know, uh, what, what, what the artists, what, what you, the, you work with, I know that they're always, way above par as far as what to, I mean, there, there's, there's never any low standards when it comes to a, a Ryland Grant joint. That's for fucking sure. And this, this, this is another one, man. This is, this looks absolutely incredible. Um, it's, it, I had no idea what to expect going into it, but now I am a hundred percent invested in this. Um, this is in uh, previews now. Uh, yeah. So it hit previews um, in June. Uh, gotcha. And so you, you can go down to your local comic shop right now and uh you know order it tell me you want it uh put it on your pull list all that stuff um and uh yeah so issue one hits comic shops in august um and you know it'll run for uh for four issues after that one per month so hell yeah man um uh you have at least one variant cover lined up with this first issue right well yeah i mean the variant covers yeah i mean you know i'm variant crazy um yeah and, and and you know if i'm I'm famous or infamous for, for one thing in comics, it's my kind of crazy variants. I mean, obviously we, uh, I mean, you know, we had our, uh, our gremlins and our Rocky four variants of, uh, of Banjax that, that kind of people, you know, went crazy for. And then our, I mean, Aberrant, we had a bunch of them fucking Karate Kid and Weekend at Bernie's and fucking, uh, <laughs> um, Billy D Williams and, you know, just on and on and on. Uh, um, so, so yeah, we're, um, uh, people expect that from us. That's what they want from us. Um, and so there is a standard variant for every issue. Um, issue one, as we talked about, you can actually, you know, just go online and see this on, on previews right now. It is a, uh, um, it's a roadhouse variant. Um, yeah. it's a take it's a take on kind of the the classic uh, uh swayze roadhouse poster um so badass yeah and so issue two we did a bullet variant um it we just found this old bullet poster that i just fell in love with and so we uh we did a, an interesting take on that 
Um, if you haven't seen Bullet, go out and watch Bullet. But um, uh, issue three, we did a Top Gun variant, uh, which is which is amazing. It's actually my the the second Top Gun variant in my career uh, uh, for Aberrant. We did a, uh, a playing with the boys volleyball scene variant, um, <laughs> and the, the, <laughs> this is more standard like Need for Speed Top Gun uh, uh, type stuff. And you know, of course, I mean, we have like we have these swing dick pilots in in this thing, so it it, it fit. Um, I don't know what the issue four variant is going to be. Um, uh, we owe it in a couple of weeks. Um, so I'm still kind of noodling on it. So if, uh, if you're listening out there and there's something you want to see, uh, uh, let me know and, and I might be able to make it happen. Um, but a uh, long winded way, I mean, your original question is like, how many variants are there on, on issue one, basically? And so we have our standard variant, but um, one of the really cool things about SourcePoint um, I mean, from a, you know, from a creator standpoint and from a collector standpoint is they have this, um, retailer exclusive variant program. Um, and, and they, they kind of, you know, they, they do it for one book, uh, uh, per month or something like that. Um, and our, you know, ours was, ours was tagged or whatever. And so, nice. um, so, uh, there are 10 spots. Um, and so, you know, the, the retailers, you know, sign up and then, uh, they get a, shop exclusive variant cover um uh you know it, that's all theirs you know and they're they're uber limited uber collectible and so um and those come together in interesting ways it's like you know you i mean you have these these you know big comic shops uh that step in and you know they they do a lot of these exclusive variants uh and they do them well and so sometimes they they're bringing in their own heavy hitter artists and they have their own takes on things and all that stuff. And it's interesting just to kind of see, I mean, of course I, I get approval and input and all that stuff, but it's interesting to see kind of how someone else uh, uh, sees your book, you know? Um, but then there are the retailers that are, you know, like, Hey, we, we want to work with Ryland and we want to work with Davi or, you know, uh, uh, Fabio Alves who, who uh, hmm. uh, was nominated for a, a Ringo award for best cover artist for his work on Banjax. Um uh, he's who doing, I'm going uh, to personally nominate for best cover artist for uh, cover swipe of the year. By the way, I gotta fucking say this shit publicly. Um, that that you know we we, we talked beforehand. I'm sorry, I gotta cut you off for a second. But since you bring yeah. this up, you know I, I signed up for a nice little package on your jump Kickstarter, and uh, what what you did for me and my fiance what, and Fabio, and uh, oh man, that is uh, <laughs> absolutely amazing. Absolutely yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, your your Back to the Future cover was 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 pretty awesome. Uh, um, yeah, you should. Uh, yeah, um, uh, folks can go and see that on your uh, on your your social media. Um, yeah. we, we, we were we were pretty happy with that one. That's a good one. Um, and uh, and so um, uh, you know, so 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 anyway, there are uh, you know, to, to kind of cut to the chase, there are going to be with these retailer variants. Um, there are going to be. 12 uh they're gonna be 12 different covers on issue one so you nice. have your your regular cover your standard variant and then 10 of these like uber limited you know retailer exclusive variants so you actually have to go to that retailer to get the, to get that cover and um you know so so you're gonna get a lot of different looks at this at this first issue and and you know they're they're bringing in some some big time heavy hitter artists on some of them and mm. you know, some of them are are pretty big and pretty bonkers and pretty fun and um and yeah, it's exciting, you know, um, uh, and, and, and they go, you know, some of them are foil covers and metal covers and all that stuff. And, yeah. um, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit variant crazy myself. So, um, I'm interested to see what kind of comes out of this whole process. You know, it's kind of my first, uh, it's my first go doing it at this scale. I mean, I've always done my standard variant and then I always, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good for doing, uh, you know, variants for, uh, 
for specific events, my, you know, every time I go to Comic-Con, I like to bring a variant with me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when I'm, when I was going to the Ringo Awards, I was bringing a variant with me always. And, uh, and so, I don't know, it's just nice to see, uh, I mean, this is, this is going to be a ride, you know? So, um, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. I, oh. I, I, I want, I want to put all the covers, you know, on a bed and like, you know, <laughs> sw- swim in them, like, uh, you know, like fucking uh the wolf of wall street you know yep. like just just drops like the stacks of cash in the bed and that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna luxuriate yeah. my variants fuck yes man and you, you deserve every moment of that too because it, <laughs> uh, the, I, from, from a reader standpoint this is absolutely amazing from a collector standpoint i'm fucking pumped i'm so pumped to get as many of these variants as i could possibly get my hand on because i like your variants a lot man i like i've, I've got your variants permanently posted behind me you Love know it. it's, it's it's always a, a focal point when anybody you know sees any type of video content i put out that fucking banjax cover jesus christ that 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 uh demon in a bottle demon in a bottle it's a good one yeah. man so fucking good uh and, and I'm, I'm gonna have so many more to go along with this now too this is, this is absolutely amazing i can't wait to see all of the success that comes out of this i mean what what from what are we like four months out from august so yeah by the end of the year two months out yeah (laughs) well i mean four months out from august before we get to wrap up the series is what i mean to say before i get to actually finish it and know what the fuck it's all about yeah, Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I was, I, I was like, I was like, wow. Do I have four months left to promote this? And I'm like, no. Um, but, no, uh, no. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. But it, yeah, it'll take you four months to 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 see the whole thing. But um, you know, and then they'll and then there'll be a nice trade. So, oh yes, man. I, I'm I'm excited for everything. I don't need anything spoiled for me at this point. I'm not gonna try to drag anything out of you. I'm 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 invested 100 percent in this, man. I mean, this is uh this this you're going to be talking ringos again next year and this time they'll be saying the ringo goes to suicide jockeys <laughs> oh fuck i'm so excited for this so excited Let's um hope so yeah i'm, I'm feeling hey are you uh are you doing any touring this this season at all now that there's a couple of them starting to open up and pop up yeah conning you know it's um i it's funny that you asked that because i um I took a long look for, for the first time. Well, it, basically this morning, there, there was another thing where, um, uh, so I was, I was invited to guest at the Lexington comic con, okay. um, which is a, which is a great con. Um, and I actually have family in Kentucky, so it wouldn't be the worst thing to see them. Um, but, uh, um, it's, it's hard for me to travel to cons because, you know, I mean, comics is my job. My day job is writing, you know, film mm-hmm. and TV shows. And we just, uh, actually just sold a, a TV show to Lionsgate. So my, my, my day job is fucking bonkers right now. Oh, um, and, and so it's, it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to travel to cons like that. I, I, I try to do all the Southern California cons when there's not like a, a, a you know, a, a, a virus that's killing millions of people. But, um, uh, uh, um, and, and then also, and, and most importantly, I have a four-year-old. So it's like, right. it's, it's just tough for me to like leave my, you know, I mean, leave my four-year-old on the weekends and stuff like that. I just don't like doing it. So uh, when, when, you know, she's going to be, she'll be a teenager soon enough and, uh, and, and she won't be interested in me anymore on the weekends. And then I can do all the traveling <laughs> I, I want. But, um, but, but what made me think twice about Lexington is that they asked me to guest. And then I, um, and then I looked on their website and uh, two of the other guests were Martin Cove and William Zepka. 
<laughs> and, and I'm like, I'm, I'm like the biggest fucking karate kick guy on on the planet. And the idea right. of like uh, of being on a bill with John Kreese and Johnny Lawrence uh, right. uh, was was um was 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 pretty funny. So um so I, you know I took a second look at that one. I I don't know if I can make it work, but there's a big part of me that wants to. But um oh, I looked man. this morning at at the first kind of real possibility and um uh they're they're doing um you know the LA Comic Con is doing an event in December. Um and uh that looks that looks pretty good to me. That looks doable. Um you know I uh I mean they, they don't start professional registration until August and um and you know I I'd, I'd want to I'd want to be organizing a couple of panels and stuff like that if I did that. But um so so I I took the first look this morning about an hour before you and I got on at wow. like maybe I'm gonna, you know, maybe I'll start, start throwing, you know, con panel heat again. So that's interesting. I mean, it's like the, um, you know, uh, San Diego, they're doing this, this, uh, events in, in November or whatever. Um, and that would be interesting to me, but they're doing it on, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, yeah. which, you know, which I, I'm, I don't know why they're doing that. Um, really? uh, but that just kind of makes it a, a no-go for me you know um yeah. i mean who knows it's like maybe thanksgiving's on thursday i might be able to hop on a train and get down there for a day on saturday or something like that but i'm not going to be able to do my full force conning you know but i you know and i also right. wonder just what what that's going to look like because of the the weekend it's on but yeah yeah that one's really up in the air i'm not i i don't know what the hell to expect with that i'm not going to find out though i mean i'll, I'll read about it <laughs> that's a, yeah that's about as far as i'm going to go with it um, yeah, well, I, I'm I, yeah, I'm fully vaccinated and everything like that, and you know, I'd, I'd I'd wear my mask and stuff like that, and so um so uh, you know, it's 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 time to start considering this stuff, you know. Um, I don't I I don't know. I mean, there aren't there aren't easy answers to any of it, but um, but it's it, I mean, it's it's exciting, right? Because it's like you can. Uh, I mean, California opened up today. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I, I, awesome. I, I I I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing right now, but um but it's opened up and it's like, so we're, we're, we're on the road. Right. I mean, yeah. um, uh, you know, next year, uh, next year it's conceivable that I have a full con schedule to the, 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 you know, degree that I can. I mean, I, I do all this, the SoCal cons. So I do, uh, you know, uh, both Long Beach cons and I do uh WonderCon and LA comic con and, uh, and then San Diego. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Gotcha, man. Hell yeah. Well, either way, I mean, wherever you end up, I'm, uh, you, you're going to be swarmed, I'm sure. The, this is this is exciting stuff, man. And what, what you've been doing since the last cons, um, it's, fuck, man. People are going to be frothing to come up and get your scribble on their books, man. This is, this is I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I really am, Ryland. Like, this is, it, it, it's your time. Like, I, I really do believe that you are one of the next big things in the comic book industry and unfortunately um attention has been diverted because of you know the fucking pandemic so uh it's about time people get their eyes back focused on comics reading comics discovering what the fuck is out there circling tables and uh yeah and this is it's it, it's due any minute man I'm, I'm i'm so goddamn excited for everything um rylan five times dude uh, i look forward to the sixth fuck yeah no shit <laughs> um more on the works i would imagine 
Uh, yeah, definitely more in the works. I mean, it's uh, uh, just from a Kickstarter perspective. I mean, oh, yeah. uh, we will, we will, um, m- you know, most likely. I mean, as, as long as uh, as long as television commitments allow, um, we will sometime this summer have another uh, uh, Peacekeepers campaign. Issues three and four are, are basically done on that, and so it'll be exciting to kind of get those out. And that one's been a lot of fun for me. You know, um, doing something kind of smaller and more character driven you know that's my uh for anybody who hasn't read it that's my my fargo-esque uh, crime drama um mm. kind of a small town detective story and so uh that one's been a lot of fun to do and it's good to i mean there's there's some nice kind of therapy in that considering that i i spend my days writing you know big action movie type stuff so it's mm-hmm. nice to just kind of flex different muscles um and then uh um, you know, Fabio is about to start drawing the next issue of the jump. And, and so we will, we will see that, uh, on Kickstarter, um, uh, um, uh, probably close to the end of the year. Um, and then, yeah, well, um, you know, and then, and then certainly, yeah, um, I will have something in comic shops next year at the very least, if not, you know, if not a couple of things, but, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm lucky in that I can kind of pick my spot with comics, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm not, uh, I'm not out just, um, not out just taking jobs, you know, um, right. I, again, again, you know, it's my, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm writing movies and, and, and TV and that's kind of like my, my main deal. And there's a lot going on there. I mean, uh, um, uh, you know, have a, a movie with, uh, Emil Hirsch that was just shot this big, uh, psychological mind fuck called, um, um, uh, um, called uh, uh, Andover, and so that'll be um, right. uh, th- that'll be released. Um, the uh, tentatively uh, uh, pandemic craziness uh, uh, aside, that'll uh, premiere at the um, Venice Film Festival in October. Nice. Um, you know, and then it'll get its standard wide release theaters and all that stuff. And so, uh, um, yeah, so there's all that. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I mean, I, I actually, I, I actually just found out that. Um, so the, the the first movie I was ever hired to write in Hollywood, um, uh, Penelope Cruz hired me to write a movie with uh, Fernando Treba, who is this Spanish director who um, won the uh, the Oscar for foreign language film for a, a, a film called Bella Poke. Um, okay. re- really, really brilliant guy. I mean, um, uh, you know, in uh, in Spain there are two big directors. There's Elmodovar and there is Treba and people in the United States know Almodovar better. Uh, 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 Treba is more popular in Spain. And so, um, and and Treba is the guy who discovered Penelope Cruz when she was like 14 or something. Um, And so she hires me to write this movie and it's this, it's this, this really cool kind of psychological thriller um, uh, that feels like one of those, you know, seventies, like obsessive uh, love thrillers that like, Claude Chabral would do or something like that uh-huh. really kind of cool really kind of cool thing and so you know like I said it's I got 15 years ago now I get hired to write this thing and um it almost went back then with Penelope and Billy Bob Thornton um they were like uh you know an ass hair away from shooting it and then and then the um then the financial crisis happened um and all hell broke loose and and basically like Hollywood's throwing huge money at, uh, at, at, at every big star they can to just kind of get anything in the pipe before the writer strike was happening too. And so they were afraid that production was going to shut down. And so Penelope has to choose between like a $12 million paycheck for Sahara too, or like getting paid scale to do her passion project in, in, in Greece. And so right. that's not a choice. And so this thing gets shelved for a while. 
and I've basically forgotten about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I like, I, I mean, I've, I've written, I've written, you know, I've written dozens of movies that never got made. That that's just the rule in Hollywood. You know, most, mm-hmm. most movies don't get made. Um, and so, uh, so I get a call. Um, I get a call last year, basically that, that the director, um, the director wanted to, he wanted to pick the, the project back up. He was ready to shoot it. Um, cool. And, uh, and then, you know, and then the pandemic happens and uh and it gets shelved again and so i'm like okay well this this thing's never gonna go but um i had i had phone calls uh this week and like funding's all there uh mm-hmm. they have the bud they have they have the budget matt dillon signed on to do it ida wall nice. signed up to do it um and so they are uh uh you know they are shooting uh spring of next year and it's it's going i mean boots on the ground in greece and everything so uh fucking a so that's you know so that's exciting um and so uh so yeah that's going on and you know like i said this this tv thing could go uh uh pretty soon we're we're doing this tv series with um uh blind spotting appeared on stars uh this week it's you know fucking amazing pilot go watch it if you haven't but um okay. uh uh we just set up um uh david diggs is one of the stars of hamilton um when a tony and a grammy for hamilton and then he's mm-hmm. the the male lead in the snowpiercer series it's uh it's it's his tv series with his partner rafael casal who's uh one of the um original def jam poets um sure. and so brilliant guys you know i mean they're they're incredible actors and really great writers and so uh we co-created this this tv series for them and it's like a it's like a big john wickian action joint um that we just sold to, to to lionsgate and so and and uh and part of it was them saying like, look, we want to do this next. And so, uh, so, um, that, you know, that's like a hyperdrive thing right now. So that's, that's, that's what I'm working on. Congratulations uh, on all that, man. And then you, but here, this is the thing I love about you. You don't need to fucking do comics. You don't need to like, you're, you're perfectly good going off, you know, doing, you know, writing movies and Ninja Warrior and Monkin and all of that good stuff. But you, you, you love this shit. That's why you keep doing it. And I, I don't know. I think you have something to say too. I think you have, I think you have something to prove in comics and I like you, you want to prove that it could be different and good. And I, I, I fucking admire this shit i don't know if that's the truth that's uh, but that's that's just what i gathered from this because you're such an off the beaten path type of storyteller um in, in the comic book way and I, I i think you're 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 rocking the boat in the best ways man and you're doing it when you don't even fucking have to and that, that, that's that's why i have so much goddamn admiration for you rylan this is i love it i absolutely love you you're fucking selling goddamn movies to lionsgate <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 call me. I, 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 I mean, I, I, you know, I think you're right. I think you're right on with it. I mean, comics kind of saved my creative life. You know, I mean, I, uh, I, I mean, I wrote in Hollywood for about a dozen years, and you know, and I, and you know, it's just uh, there, there's, there's so little that you can do in Hollywood right now. You know, I mean, they make five different kinds of movies. They want to write in a certain way, but the beauty of comics is you can. You can tell any kind of story, any any kind of way, uh, as long as it's good. As long as it's good, you'll find an audience, you know. And uh, and so, um, I mean, I, you know, after about twelve years, like my my shit got stale, you know, and I wasn't enjoying my job anymore, and I sound like an asshole, like complain, you know, the guy complaining about right, you know, getting paid to write movies and TV shows. But like, you know, I was like, I mean, I was looking at it, and I'm like, well, I just I just don't know if I can do this for another dozen years, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, because it's I, I fucking felt like stifled, you know, I felt like I was in chains or some shit. And, and again, I sound like an asshole, but that's what it felt like creatively, at least. And uh, but then I started doing comics and I just fucking let loose, you know, just 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 all the stuff we're talking about. I mean, just just I, I, I promised myself I would never tell a straightforward story. 
I doubled down on, on, on playing with time and playing with structure and unreliable narrators and experimental elements and all these things. And I just fucking had fun. You know, it was just like a, it was a playground for, for writers and it kind of reinvigorated me. Um, and then all the stuff that I was doing in comics, I started, you know, I just basically said, fuck Hollywood. And I started doing it in my, in my movies and my, uh, in, in, in my, my TV work too. And so it's like, it's no coincidence that like, you know, basically in the time that I've been writing comics, I've had, you know, two movies made in a TV show that's about oh, to go wow. because like, because it reinvigorated me. I started doing something different uh, and, and, and people liked it and people noticed it. And so, um, so it's almost like I need to do comics, you know? Um, I mean, it, I, I, it's, it's nice to not have to like, to not have to go and beg for work that pays shit and all that stuff, you know, because there, you know, there, there are a lot of people who like, well, you know, they need that next job. Right. Um, right. and, and, you know, whatever they're, they still get to write comics for a living, which is fucking awesome. Um, but, but it's tough, man. I mean, if you, if, if you, you know, if you're an engineer and you work for a firm, you get a paycheck every week, right. Uh, right. A, a comic pro, like, uh, you know, they, they have a job now. Um, they don't know when the next job's coming. And so they, no. they get this, they get this check and they don't know if it needs to last them a month or a year or what and and you know they're hitting the cons begging for uh you know let me let me draw this character who i'm not really that interested in or let me write mm -hmm. you know this this licensed property that i'm not really that interested in um i don't you know i don't have to do that and so that's that's kind of awesome um right. you know i'm 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 uh something that i wouldn't do some of those things but I, I can afford to kind of be selective and mostly it's just me kind of it's me just having fun and me getting my demons in a room, you know, and beating the shit out of them for, for you guys to watch and read. So, well, we, we enjoy the violence. Um, <laughs> I, it's, it, I, you keep me coming back, man. That's that, that's for damn sure. And uh, I mean, yeah, sure. You may not need to do it, you know, for any type of financial reasons or, but um, mental stability, creative stability, creative balance. It seems like, yeah, I guess it is just as fucking necessary you know therapy yeah 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 because i mean if you hit a rut in your your, your writing job or you know your your movie gig then fuck could be long and <laughs> you don't get hired back again and you know i mean that's the, the type of shit shows i would imagine you know i mean i'm sure the people reading your stuff can say oh shit you know there's something lacking here this isn't the rylan we knew before Let's yeah. get this guy making fucking comics for a second. <laughs> Bring this shit back. It's uh, I love it. I love how important comics could be in a million different ways. In a million say, different it, ways. It, it, yeah, I mean, it, and it's amazing how how being a comic creator kind of raises your your profile in, in Hollywood a little bit. You know, I mean, if you're just a if you're just a screenwriter, like fucking throw a stone in, in Hollywood, you, you'll hit a right. screenwriter. You know what I'm saying? Um, yep. But 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 if you do something else, something else that's interesting, if you've had like some success, even even a small success, like in some other, uh, 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 you know, some other medium, um, you know, it, it, I mean, people in Hollywood are stupid and they, and, and they just want something <laughs> to hang on to. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, I'm going to do this podcast with, with David Avalone who writes Elvira for dynamite and oh, yeah. did drawing blood for Kevin Eastman. It's called the writer's block. You guys should check that out. It's, uh, uh, talking with, with, with creators and stuff like that, but, um, it's a great but, fucking show. Uh, thank you. Uh, 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 but Avalone, Avalone has the best story about this sort of thing where it's like um Avalone before he ever sniffed a comic book or you know not I mean he was a comic book fan but for, before he ever you know sniffed an opportunity to write a comic book 
um, he had been working in Hollywood for 25 years in various capacities. I mean, and, and, and you can, you can sit around and talk with Avalone and he has a million fucking stories to people mm-hmm. he's worked with and seen and he's, he's written and directed and, you know, and like all the way back, like he was Andy Sedaris's, uh, 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 right-hand man for, for a long time, which, which is amazing. I mean, he like directed Don the Dragon Wilson specials, you know, back in the fucking eighties and, uh, and he was a professional editor for a long time. And I mean, it's, it's, you know, I mean, this guy was, this guy was as Hollywood vet as you can get. Um, but, but that did not at all translate into studio uh, film writing work at all. Like they had his 25 years of, of intense varied experience in the film business meant nothing to these people. But the moment he writes an Elvira comic <laughs> for yeah. Dynamite, right. suddenly he is this like in-demand commodity, and so they, um, uh, you know, they're they're um, they're doing the uh, the big Red Sonia movie uh, now, mm-hmm. and um, and Avalone was the guy they brought in to kind of shepherd that project. So um, cool. And so, so again, twenty-five years of of film business work means nothing, but like you know, you're right you know, you write a couple of Elvira books and suddenly it's like, Oh, well we need this guy to shepherd our, uh, our, our massive, uh, uh, you know, movie franchise. So. Right. You do a book with Kevin Eastman. No big deal. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. What, what, what comics are to, uh, to just, I mean, just entertainment in general, you know, think of all the things that wouldn't happen if, you know, if Avalone didn't do the fucking elvira comic or whatever i mean it's it's crazy like the, the butterfly effect that can come about this if someone didn't take the comic book stepping stone i don't know it, it blows my mind every time i i, I even begin to, to fathom these types of situations um i don't know where the industry would be without you at this point rylan i mean you really are changing the game dude you're you're another one of these 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 people you know you're uh, it's 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 amazing. I, I'm I'm gonna keep saying it. You you deserve it. You, you're gonna get you're gonna get flooded with all of this shit as soon as you hit that table, man. At the next con, you decide to to sign up for. Um, um oh man, the the praise is due. <laughs> stick me stick me between uh, Ferrigno and Estrada, and I'll be. Uh, happy. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! Uh, fuck, I'll stick you between fucking Johnny Lawrence. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's what you need. You need to make it down to that. I, I, I think you do. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's too perfect for you. And then you need to tell them that you, you were the person that should have written the Cobra Kai comic, you know, shame, shame yeah. that that happened without your name yeah. attached to it. I'm not going to lie. I know I kind of touched on this before, but as soon as I saw the Cobra Kai comic, I just assumed that you were keeping a secret. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean that is that, that is absolutely a piece of uh, IP that I would drop everything to write. So, yeah. uh, so, so yeah, if uh, if if IDW is listening, uh, give me a call. Uh, Johnny Lawrence is my spirit animal. I've said it a uh, hundred times. Fucking eagle fang, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, Ryan, this is a. Uh, it, it, it's been a blast, dude. I, I can't wait to do it again. Um, I, we'll uh. I'm gonna make sure I, uh, I I I fill out my my order form proper. Get this uh, get this suicide jockey's pre-ordered for the duration A and B covers, and then I gotta track down where the hell these uh, exclusive shop covers are gonna be. Yeah, delivered. well, watch my uh, if you watch my social media, I'll uh, I'll I'll try and link all those. Uh, I'm I'm at Ryland Grant on all forms of social media. It's R Y L E N D G R A N T. Um, I always spell it because it's not a real name. My parents kind of drunkenly arranged letters. And so now I have to spell it for you guys. So I love it, man. I love it. 
uh ryland you don't stop doing what you're doing brother and uh we'll uh we'll we'll, we'll be in touch i'm sure i can't i can't wait till the next time man excellent um, six six appearances in a movie fuck yes <laughs> let's make this happen let's make this happen <laughs> <laughs> all right brother, cool, you stay safe out there man we'll talk soon yeah back at you stay cool yes sir Have you ever found yourself confused about the current state of the MCU or whatever the hell is happening with the DC universe? Do you often have no idea what the hell the difference is between craft beer and that butt ice stuff at the gas station? Well, then look no further. We present to you Hops Geek News. We're yet another geek and beer podcast in an already oversaturated market. All right, all right. We drink and we pretend we know things. More often than not, we don't really know things, but we do talk some really great topics, and we most definitely can drink. We'll deliver you news and then dive into any random topic you might have never knew you actually were passionate about. With lots of fun facts about beer. And from Marvel to DC and Star Wars, and to why Die Hard is most definitely a Christmas movie. Which it is. Basically anything that our spouses are sick of hearing us talk about. Join us on YouTube or anywhere you listen to podcasts. New episodes weekly. Just search Hops News. Well, there you have it, people. Another episode in the books, number 331. Another creator has been cornered. Ryland Grant, back for a fifth time. Oh, man, five times. Gotta love it gotta love it suicide jockeys is what you gotta love though people i don't think it's too late to get number one on your poll list uh number two i believe is in this last month's previews so check all that out man it's it, seriously it's an amazing book it really is um uh, what else what else hey remember to leave those five star reviews as always they help out the podcast tremendously um remember to check out 307nerdsforever.com if you want some of that Good comic book action. Um, yeah, man, it's my, dare I say, one of my favorite sponsors. I dare. I dare say it. Uh, yeah, this is seriously, Tarl over at Nerds Forever. Or if you just so happen to be traveling through the country and are in old Newcastle, Wyoming, then, uh, yeah, stop by. Say hi to Tarl. You're going to get the best goddamn customer service you could possibly imagine out of a comic book shop. So, uh, yeah. All right, people, that's it. Um, we made it through another one. Another amazing interview. Jesus Christ. I love this. I love this so much. Um, remember, I command that you stay safe and read responsibly. Cheers, you fuckers. you're listening to cheers to comics podcast hey everyone i'm monty michael moore and this is the cheers to comics podcast with brian wayne this is drew zucker you're listening to cheers to comics podcast this is mark russell and you're listening to the cheers to comics podcast good morning brian wayne here to tell you about my new podcast the real brains 
The Real Brains Podcast is a show coming out daily, dedicated to the everyday struggle of just the average human being. From troubles with rage to uh, just anecdotes about uh, very strange human interactions, this podcast really is just a uh, somebody that's all too familiar with the struggle. I'm here to let you know that you are not alone, so come laugh at uh, our pain together every single weekday, every place you can catch a podcast. Check out The Real Brains with Brian Wayne. Remember, stay sane.